0: Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Making a really good cake which I have no baking experience. Uh, I, I've never baked a cake or cookies or anything in my life. So I'll take his word and your word for it as a baker or bakedress, whatever the appropriate term is. But um, you never know. But uh, like, like you have to have all the right ingredients, there, there are ingredients, foundational, fundamental principles or practices that the Bible teaches us that equate to a strong Christian life. And, and I want to say this because it's important, especially for today. Uh, what we're doing each week is we're, we're doing an overview of each of these topics. Every one of these topics, they could be an exhaustive six, eight. 36, 52-week sermon series, and and I, I want to say that because we we're taking an overview, we're not comprehensively or exhaustively talking about any of these things, which leads me to just encourage you. Uh, number one, if you're not in a small group, I'd encourage you go to our website, find a good group, and and get involved in a in a small group, uh, get involved in a connect group. But also, uh, you'll, you'll see up on the screen we have these uh, sermon guides. And we, we call them our Connect Group booklets, but really they're they're study guides to the series that we're going through. This is a ten, possibly twelve week sermon series. I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but we will for every single one of these teachings uh, be providing one of these booklets. We're doing them in groups of three or four, and so if you haven't already, I'd encourage you to get one because our team is putting so much energy and effort. Especially Pastor Gil, ninety nine percent of the credit goes to him doing all the studying and all the research and formatting all of the material and. Um, um, they are a great resource to study each of these topics. We're, again, we're just going overview, but they're a great resource for you to study and in depth be, begin to allow the Lord to teach you uh, more about each of these topics. So I'd encourage you to grab one and to use it as a research. Uh, like, like Pastor Spencer said, though, we've been in this series and we talked about the first week, uh, having a passion for souls having a passion for seeing people come to know Jesus. We believe that Jesus, he's the way, he's the truth and he's the life. And in a real way, he he will return. And when he does, we will either be with him forever in a place called heaven, or we will be separated from him in a place called hell. And it's a big deal. We have a passion, not just to see people come to church, but we have a passion to say, God, would you use my life to reach people? Pastor Gil said this the first week of the series, but uh, we don't get to bring anything with us to heaven. Heaven. All the money that we are uh, trying to, to save and to earn, all the possessions and cool things that we buy, all the hobbies and vacations and all, all that stuff's awesome. But just remember, we don't get to take any, any of it with us to heaven. This is why Jesus said, don't put your treasure on things here on earth. Put your treasure in heaven. The only thing we get to take is our relationship with Jesus." a relationship with God through the finished work of Jesus, and we get to bring people with us. We get to bring souls that God has used us to touch and to reach. And so we talk about having a passion for souls. Last week, we talked about having a passion for God's word. Not just being passionate to study the Bible and to fill our hearts and our lives with the Bible, but having a passion to see God's word go forth. Having a passion to see the word of God advance and go into territories where it has not been before. And like Pastor Spencer said, today we're going to not conclude, but continue our series, talking about a passion for the Holy Spirit. And that's where I asked you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. It's where we're going to start. And the Apostle Paul is writing. These are his concluding statements in this letter to the church at Corinth. And here's what he says. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. How many of you know the last thing you say is generally an important thing? you save some of the most important things to say for last. So when you hear someone say something and it's in a writing or in a letter or the concluding statements, they're kind of a big deal. And Paul, his concluding statements is he says, I, I wanna make sure that you are living in three things. He says, I want the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we're living in the free gift that we've been given of grace. What is grace? It's the unearned, undeserved, unmerited love, blessing, and favor of God. He said, I want to make sure you're not living with this earning and deserving mentality. You got to earn, you got to deserve, you got to be disciplined enough. You, 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 you got to make sure you're doing the right things. And not. He said, no, 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 no. I want you to be strong and confident in the realization this is a gift, that through faith we've received a gift. None of our own works, lest anyone sh- sh- should boast, but of the grace of God, we've received all that God has to offer through the finished work of Jesus. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. So the second one is, I wanna make sure that you're living just strong. You have a good foundation. You're resting and living in the unending love of God. That no matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter what you have or have not done, you could be here today and you might say, I don't even believe in Jesus. It doesn't even matter. God has set his love on you and it is everlasting and never ending. Bible says there's nothing you can do to separate yourself from, from the love of God. Some of you, you think that you've wiggled out of it, that you've, you know, you've made too many mistakes, you've done this, you've done that. There's nothing we can do to separate ourselves from the never ending, unfailing love of God. The apostle, the apostle Paul says this, he says, God's love, it's beyond your human ability to understand. It, it is so beyond our ability to understand and articulate. It's, it's, it's vast. And he says, I want to make sure you're living in the grace of God, in the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is where a lot of people, they're like, totally, absolutely the grace of God, the love of God. And then you get to the subject of the Holy Spirit, and they're like, whoa, well, uh, whoa. Let, hold, on, hold on for a second. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I, I was the other day uh, in a conversation with someone um, and uh, we just met for the first time and she said, oh, you're a pastor. I said, yeah. I said, yeah, my wife and I were pastors. And she said, oh, I'm looking for a new church. And her first question was like, but hold on a roll. You believe in that Holy Spirit stuff? And, and it was a reminder to me that for so many people, it's like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't know about the Holy Spirit, but here's what I just would like to propose to you today. That if you are comfortable with and you have a belief in, our, in your need for Jesus, you should also be comfortable with and have a belief in your need for the Holy Spirit. Because you cannot separate Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit in everything that he did. Jesus, the, he says this, he said, I never say or do anything unless I first hear from my Father through the Spirit of God. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus, in his, in his final words to his disciples, it was reminding them, you have a need and a desperation for the Spirit of God. We need the Holy Spirit. There, there, uh, there, there in the Bible, there's 261 In the New Testament alone, 261 direct references to the person, the work, the power, our need for the Holy Spirit. There are 56 times in the Gospels, in the first four books of the New Testament, A direct reference to the person, the power, our need for the spirit of God. 57 in the book of Acts alone. uh, All of Paul's epistles, 112 direct references. And in the remaining books of the New Testament, 36 direct references. If you are a believer in Jesus and a Bible person, you cannot get away from our need, our desperation, God's invitation and call into personal relationship and partnership with the Spirit of God. Matter of fact, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The title of this particular sermon, uh, it's not the title of the study in the book, but of the sermon that I want to preach this morning, it is simply this, I need help. I, I need help. All the parents said amen. Like, I need, I need help. Have you ever felt like just giving up on something before? You, you ever felt like just throwing in the towel, just quitting? Um, I was t- telling our student this on Wednesday night. I've just never been great with math. Like I can do math, like one plus one equals two, two plus two equals six. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But like, I, I can do basic math, but math just never been a strong suit. For, for, for example, uh, I don't see him sitting in here, but Isaiah, who was playing drums this morning, on Wednesday, he had the sweatshirt on and just had, had the number a million across it. And I glanced, don't judge me, I glanced at it. I did not look at it for, I glanced at it and I'm like, hey, cool sweatshirt, man. What's the significance of 1,000? Of and one of our students who's very smart and makes me feel like I need to go to college all over again is like, uh, Pastor Brandon, it's a million, duh. And, and it's, it's just proof and evidence that my mind, it's not always numbers oriented. My wife, she's all about the numbers, but I'm not numbers oriented. And, and I, I tell you that because I can think of so many instances sitting in a math class, Sitting, trying to do math homework. Middle school, high school, college, doesn't matter. Just sitting in a class, trying to do homework, trying to take a test, and wanting to just quit. Wanting, I, I'm just like, I'm never even gonna use this. This is why we have iPhones and computer programs. My parents spent like $150 on a graphing calculator for this class. Why do I need to know? And, and it was because I struggled in, in, in my ability to fully understand. I tell you that because I think there's a lot of people, and I won't say everybody, but I think there's a lot of people who are followers of Jesus, who, who go through seasons where they just wanna throw in the towel, who, who go through periods of time where they, they, they just wanna quit, maybe not quit in believing in God, maybe not quit in, in following him, but just give up in some area, in some way, shape, or form, because it's just too hard. Do you know the Bible actually tells us following Jesus is difficult. There's a verse, uh, the the apostle Paul is encouraging. Has someone ever said something to you before and uh, they mean it as an encouraging word, but it's not very encouraging? The Bible says, and it won't be on the screen, but Acts 14, 22, the Bible says that Paul, he was strengthening the disciples by telling them through much tribulation, we will enter into God's kingdom. I read that the other day and I thought, that's not strengthening or encouraging. I, I think that they may be mixed, mix something up. But the reality is that following Jesus, it's not easy. What, what, what you, you can read and what you can find in the scripture is that from, 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 from beginning to end, every, every facet of following Jesus, it requires the Holy Spirit. We, we cannot have understanding and get revelation and really know the ways of God without the help of the Holy Spirit. The, the apostle Paul, Paul writes, um, it's through the help of God's spirit that our eyes are open to be able to see all the things freely given to us. And, and, and then he says this, he says, and, and those who are living in the natural, those who are living and thinking and trying to understand in their own ability, they'll never get it. They'll, they'll, they'll never get it. Why? Because it's the spirit of God that gives us illumination and revelation It's the spirit of God that gives us understanding into the ways of God beyond our ability to, to in our own power, understand and and comprehend. The Bible says it's it's the power of God's spirit that enables us to walk in God's ways. You, you you cannot walk in the ways of God in your own natural ability. Do you, you know that famous verse? It's above like every bathroom in Christian homes in America, the fruit of the spirit, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the spirit is, and it lists all these things that I, I would say collectively we're, we're all trying to live and embody, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Oh, that's, the, that's, that's the dad I want to be. Oh, that's the husband I want to be. Oh, that's, that's the person I want to be. But the Bible says it's the fruit of the, evident, uh, the, the, the evidence of the spirit of God at work in your life. You, you can rewind the tape just a couple verses before that. And all the works of the flesh, all, all the works that are produced or the result of you doing it in your own ability are not very, very flattering, but it's the fruit of the spirit that allows us to walk in the ways of God, fulfilling the purpose and plan that God has for us, Be- being able to boldly tell people who Jesus is and even see Jesus show up and demonstrate his power. It's all by the power of God's Holy Spirit. If, if you are trying to follow Jesus in your own ability, you need help. And by the way, so do I because we cannot do it without the help of God's Spirit. I'm gonna give you three thoughts today. Number one, you can write this down, and it's simply this, that we need the Holy Spirit's partnership. We need the Holy Spirit's partnership. I'm gonna go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, and I wanna read it one more time, and I wanna pull, pull a word out of here that's pretty important for us to catch. It says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion, communion, of the Holy Spirit be be with you. That word communion, it's the word uh, koinonia in in the Greek. And and it speaks to something being intertwined. It's referring to relationship and pictures, two lives that are intimately woven together for a common purpose. It it carries this idea of intimacy, partnership, and responsibility. Notice Paul didn't say, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the power of the Holy Spirit. That, that's a component. We're going to talk about that. But, but he said, you know what you really need? You need the partnership. You need the communion of the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know about you, but I've, I've faced many things where even though I have people all around me, I feel very alone. Have, have you ever felt like this? I know I've gone through seasons where, yeah, I, there's people that love me and support me, but the, the weight that I'm carrying and the pressure I feel, I feel, I feel very alone. Did you know that Jesus, he never wanted for you and I to have that feeling of being alone, of being in this all by, our, by ourselves? Here's what the Bible says in John 16, verse six through seven, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, but because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, he will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Contextually, we we have to to read this and realize this is making no sense to Jesus' disciples. They've left everything to follow him. They didn't just have like a passion. Yeah, it's a new movement. This is, they, they had a revelation from the spirit of God. Uh, you can go to Matthew 16, 18. You can hear the words of Peter where he said, no, you're not just a good man. You're the God man. You are the son of the living God. They had a revelation of who Jesus was. And for three years, they gave the, their entire life to follow him and, and, and to learn from him. And they were watching the kingdom of God on earth be advanced. I mean, just, just go through all the different miracles in the New Testament, and they were right there. They, they saw Jesus walk on the water. Peter himself momentarily walked on the water. They saw the dead be, be, being raised up. They saw people being healed and the blind receiving their sight. They saw people in the thousands coming to know God through, 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 through the person of Jesus. And, and now he's going, all right, guys, I'm leaving. You're, you're leaving us? Yeah, hey, it's been been real. Really enjoyed these past three years. I got some other stuff I gotta attend to. You guys stay here. I'm, and naturally, Jesus goes. Sorrows filled your heart. You're like, well, wait a minute. I I thought, I, I thought we were building something. I thought we were doing something. I, wait, how, how in the world are we gonna manage without you? He says, sorrows filled your heart because I've said that I'm leaving. He said, but can I tell you, it's actually to your advantage. What? To our advantage? How is it possibly to our advantage that the guy who walks on water is leaving? How is it to our advantage that the guy who when the storm was raging and we were all going to die with a word calm the ocean? Peace be. How is it to our advantage you're leaving? Okay, Jesus, you've preached a lot of sermons that are over my head and beyond my understanding. Can you articulate a little bit clearer? Because I don't see how this is to our advantage. He says, but it's to your advantage that I'm leaving. John, John 16, verse 6. You can throw it back up there. John 16, verse 6. It's to your advantage. Sorrow's filled your heart because I've said these things. Verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, I I can't send the helper to you. You know what he was saying? All this time you've experienced the presence of God right next to you. All this time you've experienced the help, the partnership of God next to you. But I'm gonna go to the father and now you're gonna experience the help, the partnership, the power and presence of God within you. He says in John chapter 14, verse 16 through 18, he says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. You are familiar with him because you've been walking with me. You are familiar with him because it is the the, the sensation or the feeling or the strength that you feel as I'm right next to you. You know him. For he dwells with you, but soon he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. J- Jesus demonstrates for you and I, but he also says in scripture, and his teachings, we need the partnership of the Holy Spirit. You, you and I, every single day, we need the koinonia of God's spirit. We, we need that partnership that comes right alongside us and has taken personal responsibility. Like as, I, 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 as a dad, I, I have four children and I have the responsibility of caring for my children, of partnering with my children and helping them in the way that they should go. It's my responsibility. This word koinonia, what it, what it portrays is that the Holy Spirit has taken the responsibility to neither leave you nor forsake you But to be with you, to be in you, to partner with you in every single area, in every season, in every trial, in every temptation, at every turn where you don't know where to go and you don't know what to do. It's the partnership of the Holy Spirit that, like they sat with Jesus, said, Jesus, I mean, like, think for a second, how many times in the, the gospels the disciples have to go to Jesus and ask a question: Hey, Jesus you preached that really, really awkward sermon about eating your flesh and drinking your blood. And we didn't leave because, you know, like we're part of the team and so like we, like we're, we're not gonna leave. But can you explain that a little bit better? Think about how many times that Jesus called his disciples and said, hey, you guys are arguing over who's gonna be the greatest. You, you, you've missed it so badly. Come here, let, let me help you. We need in the same way to understand God's given us his spirit to partner with us. So then we're walking through seasons where we, we just don't know. I, okay, honestly, God, right now, I can't see which way is up and which way is down. I need that, that we can call upon and we can go to him and we can say, can you help me? Can, can you give me wisdom? Can, can you give me direction? We need the partnership of the Holy Spirit so in all of our great ambition and zeal as we're going after it, that the Holy Spirit can go, hey, can I, can I help you for a second? We need his partnership. And number two, you can write this down. We don't only need the partnership of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit's empowerment. We need the Holy Spirit's empowerment. I I, want to read this, and this is almost a direct quote from from, from the book that you have. But I want to read this to you. Um, There are two different kinds of power. There is kingdom authoritative power that can be activated through faith and obedience. Then there is the Holy Spirit's real time power. God's power in real time, validating proclaimed truth and inserting divine rule into our current reality. There's the the kingdom authoritative power that we have because God is God and we are not. Someone said amen. God is God and I'm not. And by the way, there's no other God that is even close to our God. Our God is the only God. He's the real, the all-powerful, the true God. And because he is God, the founder and creator of all things, and because he is the one who is set in motion, not only how life works, but how his kingdom operates. When we go to God's word, when we have a word from God, it is kingdom authoritative power. So I can take what God has said. I, I can receive it as truth for my life. And I can begin applying it to my life and I will begin to see certain things go into motion because this is the way God has set it up. This is the way that God has created things to work and I'm working in or walking in his authoritative power. And, and in that, you get some results. But the complete picture is when we understand that, no, I'm, I'm walking in the authoritative power in the ways in the word of God, but I'm walking with, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I I think one of the greatest examples of this is right before Jesus is about to leave and go back to to the right hand of the Father. If you rewind the tape, there's this thing that we know as the Great Commission. So Jesus gathers all his disciples. He says, here's the deal, guys. I want you to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Son and the Father and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That was, that, was, that was the command, the will, the word of God. So they could have taken that. All right, let's go. But, but it wouldn't have been complete without the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. This takes place after Jesus gave him, him these commands. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Listen to what he says. And he, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait, someone say wait, but to wait for the power or for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from, from me. We talked about this a little bit on Wednesday night in, in, in youth, but it's like they were a part of the greatest internship program of all time there's no greater teacher than Jesus. There's no greater coach than Jesus. There's no greater example than Jesus. And, and yet after three years of ministry with Jesus, he said, you, you're not ready. You, no, no, you, you, you still don't have what it takes. So I need you to wait for the promise of the father. Acts chapter one, verse eight, it says this, but you shall receive power. And that word power is the word dunamis in, in the Greek. And, and that word, what it speaks to is it speaks to supernatural strength and ability to do what God has called, created, purpose, and plan for, for you to do. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you shall be my witnesses, witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What we see demonstrated in, in the book of Acts is having already had the word of God hey, we know what God's asked us to do. We know the command of Jesus. We know what we're supposed to do. Him saying, no, 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 but wait, wait. Because you need the empowerment. You need the supernatural strength and ability on the inside of you that rises up and gives you power you don't have on your own to fully walk in and see demonstrated what I'm asking, calling you to do. Did you know that you and I, we need power? Like we, 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 need, we need power, the power of the Holy Spirit to do everything Jesus has asked us to do. I, I think all of us can, can testify this morning that we've tried to, in our own ability, do the things that Jesus wants us to do. We've tried in our own ability to kick habits we shouldn't have. We've tried in our own ability to be changed and transformed into the person we know God wants us to be. We've tried in our own ability to create vision and purpose and plan and walk in, but it, it falls short, does it not? Because yes, we may have God's word, but we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of God's spirit. And number three, if you're taking notes, you, you, you can write this down. Not only do we need the partnership and the power of the Holy Spirit, but we have to learn that we have to pursue a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. We have to pursue a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit, this, this personal relationship we have, it is the most important relationship that we have on this Earth. It is the most important partnership that we have on this Earth. And, and yet for so many, it's the relationship and partnership that is most neglected. It's, it's the one we think about the least. It's the one that we acknowledge and lean into the least. Like any relationship, our relationship with the Holy Spirit, like anything, us receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. Like anything, us walking in the partnership of the Holy Spirit, it requires us taking an intentional and a purposeful step to lean in and to cultivate personal relationship. You you might say, Brandon, how how do I cultivate a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit? And I just wanna close with giving you two thoughts. Uh, They they, they won't be on the screen, but, but number one is you have to personally pursue it. I know it's kind of like a dud, no brainer, right? How do you cultivate a personal relationship? You have to personally pursue it. Mark chapter one, verse 35 says, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, Jesus went out and he departed to a solitary place and there he he prayed. And there he prayed. Did, Did you know that Jesus did not come only to fulfill the law take our place as a perfect sacrifice, bring us back into perfect relationship with God. He didn't only come to fulfill God's plan of salvation, but Jesus also came. You can go to John 13, I believe it is. He also came to give us an example of how we are to live. Jesus came to give us patterns for for living. Why is it sometimes that we think we can fully honor, follow, obey, walk in the ways of Jesus. And yet we don't have to really give our ways or ourselves to the patterns that Jesus demonstrated. What we see right here in Mark one thirty five is a pattern. There, there's one translation that says that having risen a long while uh, before the daylight, as was his custom, as was his pattern, as was his routine, Jesus departed to a solitary place and there he prayed. Translation, Jesus, he spent time with God on a regular basis. You know what we see in, in the scripture? That as, as life and ministry and expectation and pressure squeezed more, he found more time to be with God. Is, isn't it so interesting how as life squeezes us, usually the first thing that squeezes out is our time with God. Usually the first thing that squeezes out is our time with being with him. I'm, I'm just, I'm so busy. I have so many emails. I have so many obligations. We have so many things we have to do. I'm just, life is crazy. When life simmers down, then I'll, but when, when life gives us the most pressure, when, when life comes at us the strongest, it's when we all the more need the power and partnership of God's spirit. Why is it that we think as things heat up, we need to rely more on our own ability? But what, what, hey, when life is okay, then I'll really lean into God. It's the opposite. And Jesus, he modeled a pattern for you and I. That daily he, he went, you, you can go through scripture and we don't have time to read all these scriptures, but you can go through scripture and you can verify. He wasn't just there doing his nod to God, that he was there being filled with the power of God's Spirit. You know, I heard a pastor say say this way, that, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a one-time baptism, but a daily filling. You don't fill your car up one time when, when you get it off the lot and then never touch it again. You know, there's so many people that, I'm done with cars. I'm, I, car, I, don't, I, I don't believe in cars anymore. Why? Because it's not working. Have you put gas in it lately? Well, no, I mean, it worked when I got it and then it stopped working because we don't understand that, you know, that it, it, it doesn't work like it's supposed to when we're on empty, when, when, we, when we are not freshly filled with the Spirit of God. We, we have a need every day to say, Holy Spirit, fill me freshly. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says this, he, he goes, don't be, don't, don't be drunk with wine. But be filled with the Spirit. The the, the topic really isn't about alcohol. What he's saying is stop filling yourself. And, and, and going to things that medicate and somehow give you the illusion of help, they're, they're short-term, they dissipate, they're not, they're not long-lasting, it, it, it's a delusion. He said, rather go to the real source, go, go to the source that really brings comfort and really brings help and really brings power. Be filled with God's spirit. And, and that word in the original language, it's not be filled one time, it's the word be being filled. It's a continuous, continuous, filling. What Paul is saying is, hey, don't stop going to these cheap imitations. If I just had another vacation day, if I could just this, no, 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 no. It's a cheap imitation and it is momentarily satisfying, but it doesn't last. It doesn't work. And the cycle ends the same place it always does. No, be being filled with the spirit of God. how, how, How do we pursue a personal intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit where we experience his partnership and his power we go to God on a daily basis and say God fill me up freshly fill me today and and, and can I just say that it's a relationship so I love the times that my wife and I get to spend hours on end drinking coffee and talking but with four kids that is not our daily reality can I get an amen so so so, what do we do? Well, we don't have four hours to drink coffee and talk. So I guess we'll just, uh, you know, when the kids are older, we'll just, uh, we'll connect them. No, you 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 find time and you make time when you can, and it's not just one time during the day. It's continually through the day. I heard a story of this high schooler who, he's um, he's he's older now. He's in his mid thirties, but he, he tells the story of when God really began to use him on his high school campus, that he, he just, it was because he got full of the Holy Spirit. And, and then he would go a lot of times between classes to the bathroom, like, like in one of the stalls and just take five seconds to go, Holy Spirit, fill me. This is really hard. This is really difficult. This is awkward. I don't want but Holy Spirit, fill me. Freshly fill me right here, right now in this place. We need to personally pursue the spirit of God. How do we do that? Well, we do it through, through prayer, through worship, through calling upon him. We do it through spending time in the word and allowing the word of God to fill our heart. S- Secondly though, and I, and I close with this, we have to be introduced through receiving in faith and prayer. Um, it's hard for you to connect with someone and build a relationship with someone that you've never met. It's hard for you to have a relationship that's being cultivated with someone that you've never been introduced to. Acts chapter two, verse, um, whatever verse goes up there. Acts chapter two, it's not funny. Acts chapter two, verse 39. You try to remember all these scriptures. It says, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call. It's talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit. Did you know the promise of God's Spirit? It's for everybody. It it knows no denominational lines. Well, you know, I was raised in this denomination. Well, you know, my experience, it doesn't care about your experience. God doesn't care about your experience or your denominational background or upbringing. The promise is for all who would call upon Jesus and in a spirit of faith say holy spirit i need you would would you fill me would you baptize me in your presence and in your power i had someone one time they said brandon i don't i prayed and in faith i received it but i i didn't i didn't feel like goosebumps or like anything like like weird well did you feel weird stuff when you accepted jesus into your heart well no you you by faith received and then you begin walking in his ways I I do not want to discount or discredit anybody's testimony of being prayed for, receiving the Holy Spirit and something supernatural happening. Can I just say that's not my testimony. That's not my story. My, My story is not one of some supernatural encounter. My story is one of faith. My story is one of saying, Jesus, you said this is for all who would call upon your name. This is for all. So right now I just take a step of faith and say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Would you freshly fill me? And through a continued daily relationship with him, I have grown in the power and the baptism of God's spirit. I want to read you one more verse, and this one might step on your toes. So if you're wearing sandals, you might want to slide your feet under the pew. It says, this is the summary of a longer passage, but I'll give you a little bit of context. The apostle Paul comes to a new place where he'd never been before. And he meets some people who are believers in Jesus, and he goes, "Oh, so when, when when you believed in Jesus, did you receive the Spirit of God? Like we cannot do this without God's Spirit." And they're like, "We haven't even uh, the 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 Spirit. We, we haven't even heard if there is a Holy Spirit." So, oh well, let me let me help you. And, and he teaches them and gives them understanding. And it says, "And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied." Them. There's a whole section of this sermon because my mind is not clear all the time that I I I I left out. But did you know that spiritual gifts are real? That the spiritual gifts that the apostle Paul talks about, they are real. If if I wouldn't have forgot the section again, you try to remember all this stuff. But if I if I wouldn't have forgot the section, here here was three three thoughts I was going to give you that we should both be informed and have a passion for spiritual gifts. Bible teaches us that we should have, we should have knowledge we, we should be informed we, we should be giving ourselves to, to grow in our understanding of spiritual gifts and we should have a passion for spiritual gifts pause uh, you can move on that's fine I was going to say 1 Corinthians 12 1 and 1 Corinthians 14:1 tell us this and secondly you can, you can write this down but we should also be open to participate in and receive from spiritual gifts pause right there Do you know what I've seen happen so often? Because someone is not informed and they don't have a passion that's been stirred up for the the, the power of God at work. Over here, they cross their arms and they're not even open to to receive. I don't really know about that. Hold on. If if the Bible's real, the Bible's real. If God's word is truth, God's word is truth. If God said it, we should not only believe it, we should be living in it. The apostle paul says we should have a passion for spiritual gifts and we should should be, be, be stirring and growing in that and we should be open to participate in and receive so so I conclude with this so have have you ever had anyone lay their hands on you and pray for you have you ever taken a step in faith and said I I can't do this on my own I have so many times failed and, and wanted to throw in the towel because I'm doing this in my own ability, in my own power. Ha, have you ever been introduced to the person of the Holy Spirit? Because what the Bible tells us is that this promise is for all who would desire, for everyone and anyone who would call out and say, God, fill me. You know, sometimes we, we, we preach scriptures and it's not that they're out of context, but it's important to know the context. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 34 and 35, Peter goes, wow, in truth, I perceive God shows no partiality, but to anyone who would call upon him, he will do for for them what he's done. Do you know the context of that? People who were far from God, who didn't fit the Christian mold because they were Gentiles, were baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's the context. And Peter goes, whoa. So this promise of partnership and power is for everyone. Wow. And, and, and Peter pens. I, I didn't know it. I didn't get it. I, 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 I didn't understand that God was that good and he was that gracious and he, he had that much love and that much compassion that he would pour out the gift of his spirit on anyone who would call out to him. He said, God, I need you. What does Paul say again in, in Galatians? He goes, did you receive the spirit of God by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? See, what happened to the Gentiles is what many of us have been raised in. Oh, you, okay, you, you want the spirit, right? Okay, well, come to this class, come to the seminar. Here's the 10 things that you do. And if you do these 10 things the, these way, then God will, and, and it's not that there's not merit in in principles and practices and and in being taught but but, but many of us we're, we're like the church of galatia that paul goes well hey, wait, how did we get so far that somehow you think the spirit of god is poured out by the works of the law because you've done enough because you've been good enough because you know he's no 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 the spirit of god is poured out by the hearing of faith by saying wait, wait a minute God, you're that good. You're that gracious. You love me that much. You want to give me the gift of your spirit so that I never have to be alone, so that I never have to feel inadequate, so that I can, I, I can have power and strength beyond my ability. God, I, I did, you, you mean you're that good that I can every day come and freshly be filled and grow in relationship God is that good god is that generous he is that gracious that today right here right now anyone who would say god i need the help the power of your spirit so feel me help me baptize me today in power and teach me how to partner with you so that i can be and do and live the life you call me to live okay can i just say dads and husbands it is yes this is about evangelism and fulfilling God's purpose but this is about being the dad that God wants you to be being the husband that God's called you to be being the spiritual leader in your household that God has called you to be that many have just said I'm not into all that because you cannot do it in your own ability but God's invitation is to be freshly filled with his power and with his partnership to lead your wives and lead your children every area of our life it's only through the help the partnership and the power of god's spirit and so i want to pray for us here in just a moment and as i do every single week we have our prayer and altar team that's available we're going to sing one more song of worship and with with no with with no no manipulation here's my strong encouragement if you're living today in your strength you need the power of God's spirit. If, if you're trying to go at this thing in your own ability, well, you need a fresh feeling of God's spirit. If you're, if you're here today and you're like, I've never even really heard or understood, you you need today to be introduced. And so I, I would challenge encourage you, no manipulation, but say, as we close in worship, what, how, how about we take a step today And and we don't just do this. Cool. Good sermon. Good thought. Yeah, totally. Love the part where he forgot his notes. That was hilarious. Um, All right, cool. God, we worship you. All right, well, hey, who's who's up for sushi? How, How about we grow and we remember the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. That when God speaks, the moment's not when you think about it and have contemplated and allowed your flesh and the enemy to talk you out of it. That's not the day. Today's the day. Now's the time. This is the moment. And so as we close in worship, my encouragement would be, even if you're like, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I just, I need fresh feeling. We wanted two things. Either we'd engage in worship, we'd lift up our hands, and we'd say, Holy Spirit, fill me freshly today. Maybe we'd take a big step of faith. And we'd go down to the altar and say, "Um, Will, will you lay your hands on me and pray for me? Today, God would, would introduce me to the person of his Holy Spirit but today. I'd be baptized in power and, and I, I'd, I'd begin to have a partnership with, with him. You, you can't cultivate a relationship and you haven't been introduced. So, God, today I pray for every single person, including myself, under the sound of my voice, who is tired, weary who feels, maybe not in every area, but in some areas like throwing in the towel, that God, you would strengthen them today with a reminder that it is because you cannot do it on your own. That every part of our life, it's to be lived in partnership with and empowered by your spirit. So God, I ask today that you would stir hearts and you would stir lives. I ask today that you would prompt and you would lead and you'd push us out of our comfort zone. And today for anyone, who's never been introduced to your spirit, that Holy Spirit, you'd introduce yourself to them. Holy Spirit, today you'd baptize them in power from on high. I pray today that for anybody who has been filled but needs a fresh filling, that today, Holy Spirit, you would freshly fill them to the overflow and then you would teach us how to daily live in communion, in koinonia, in partnership with you so that we can be and we can do all that you've purposed and planned our life to do. In Jesus' name.